listening to 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of the 9to5 Entertainment System, where incredibly we don't talk about the fact that CM Punk is back at WWE. Um, if you enjoy the show, and I know you do because your name is Dave and you have good taste, um, be sure to check out Garbage Time, where we talk about what might happen in two weeks on episode 300. We talk about comics, we talk about uh, One Piece as an anime, manga, uh, Netflix behemoth and a little bit about batman but on this the main episode we talk about scott modding hockey cards we talk about uh, miniature war games mcu movies henry kissinger is dead uh, we talk about the film totally killer and we talk about some movies where the advertising was the misdirection uh, all this and more on nes enjoy party situation on uh, on friday uh-huh. like uh so yeah like uh like upstairs upstairs from the restaurant that we were eating one of the guys like lives there like just one of the waiters so it wasn't like it wasn't like crazy late in the morning it wasn't like an after party in the sense of like four or five a.m but it was like well end of it was an after time. party in the sense of you following a man home after dinner yeah but a bunch of us did <laughs> and it was and it was <laughs> step it was by a step rest. despite advancing step by step they followed dancing <laughs> I'm just just saying it was the, the relative of the guy whose party he threw, who was related to the people that ran the re- anyway. Regardless, his oven clock was wildly off, and it was really deeply upsetting because otherwise it was quite a nice home. I was just like, why? It wasn't even like it was flashing twelve. It was just like six hours off. Someone was just like, I'm reprogramming this. What is wrong with you? How do you live like this? And it was, like, a big open concept, like, loft-style house. So, like, the, the oven clock is visible from, like, everywhere. It'd be, like, my place, right? Like, the oven clock is visible from, like, everywhere in the home, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I hate this. I would, it would, I, anyway. It was, Did we someone fix it. it? Yeah, we solved it. That's what I'm saying. Like, we're a group of problem solvers here. It might have been weird a long time ago, but now, it, isn't it just you press the clock button, and then you put the time, and then you hit enter? Like Yeah, there's no, like, there's, no, there's no mystery Right, thing. mystery buttons are... Not like the goddamn microwave at the Lech Manor. Oh, yeah, that one's still a mystery to a lot of people. <laughs> like, including you. Yeah. How often do I use it? You hit you hit quick minute, and there, that, that's it. That's as far yeah, as Exactly. I, I was like, oh, i got to put it in for five and a half minutes. And John's like, five or six, buddy. You know, in between. <laughs> five pushes, six pushes. That's all you get. <laughs> Max power only. <laughs> There's no, no meddling with that thing. It's, it's super weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you guys doing, boys? I was on vacation, and we posted uh, some garbage time for our listeners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I found this guy on Instagram who takes sports cards, and okay. he, like, mods them, basically, by, like, using... He ruins, you know, their, he ruins their value? He absolutely ruins their value, but then he sells them online as original pieces of art. Like Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet is an original piece of art? Nobody and for sale on... <laughs> Uh, no, but he was like Xbox Modder 360 or whatever else like that, and he had a shortly lived YouTube channel where he hand painted Xbox controllers and sold them before he got famous. Really? Yeah, yeah. they, yeah, yeah, exactly. they, they dug, they, they dug him, up, they, they dug up the clips, and it kind of became a meme. And then when he was on the Video Game Awards last week, they introduced him not as Timothy Chalamet, but as Xbox Modder 360. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, so yeah, modding, modding cards, so like, like adding yeah. like color by Technicolor, but on baseball cards. Yeah, and like also like using a, um, like sc- scoring them to make them like textured. Okay. First, he puts in like weird little patterns on them, and then he colors it around. And this is like, right I- up your alley. This is was this a like you might enjoy after after you were watching the a well, you he's got one he's, a, holding, a, he's holding one in his hand. <laughs> but B, I was gonna say I was like we somewhere on this show we've talked about the fact that you watch the Hot Wheels mod guy. <laughs> I feel that like, like this just like flew into your. Into your thread, no problems. Yeah, so the Hot Wheels mod guys, they like use power tools. Okay. I don't have power. I'm not going to go shopping for power tools to like take apart Hot Wheels cars. Right. That's too much. But do I have a lot of art supplies? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> do, I do, 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 do I, are, are old boxes of hockey cards at Toys R Us available? Do you have a stack of old hockey cards that you can just like butcher up? Just quick, quick Google that they're not worth anything and then go, go, go. 
Are those all? Are they modded? right there on my desk? No, they're not all modded. <laughs> they're not all modded, but yes, but I did they have will them. be. It's it's actually way harder than it looks, guys. <laughs> what, I don't know. So, what is? Could, do you have a finished one to to show on camera for the viewers? Okay, it, Tyler Foley. Okay, uh, I see the little bit, the, the designs and the little etches okay, in there it's like and stuff. Glossy up and down. Yeah. Good Canadian yeah. kid. You don't see him play because he plays out west. Tyler Foley. <laughs> so I tried my hand on it. It, it yeah. came out okay. Then I, then I tried another one where, where he was using like black paint on it, and it got a little messy. Uh, okay, but I see but, you were going for something a little exciting with the background there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's way way harder than it looks, though. The guys obviously did a bunch of them before he started posting the YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, you got to embrace your artistic side for those kind of little projects. I remember you doing Catachan Raiders on little Velociraptors from the dollar store. That was the mm-hmm. damn coolest 40k armor that ever was. Yeah. I saw a guy online who did Catachan uh, guys, full on the Predator One Army Squad. Right on. Like, like Schwarzenegger and Apollo Creed and Jesse Ventura, and I was like, "That's amazing." I mean, you gotta just just do it for the kiddo. You gotta like completely mod paint a, like a back of gun for him. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, just prime it, take it out, full drive yeah, brush I mean, it. You just need like a t- like for that. You just need a tiny screwdriver probably to take apart all the little bits and then see yeah. if you can put it back together. But yeah. Full full custom Bakugan. His kids will be like, his friends will be like, yeah, and then he'll like drop it down a sewer, and you'll be like, God damn it, kid! <laughs> it's five dollars to buy and fifty hours to paint. <laughs> it's a forty k experience, <laughs> but in Bakugan form. And forty k did not cost five dollars to buy, unless you right. were me putting together dollar store stuff. I mean, that's Every, true. Fifty dollars is... and then fifty hours. What yep. what a hobby that like the one of the one of the things I never even like flirted with was was Warhammer and I was like I love I love the stores man Games Workshop stores mm-hmm. I could like any 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 mall in North America that had a Games Workshop I would walk around and look at those things and I was like cool my mom's like do you want anything I'm like no <laughs> it's a slippery slope mom <laughs> like. Like how, how much could these like this little pack of dudes cost? Like fifty dollars. There's three of them. It's just plastic. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And I can't even play with them until I buy the thirty dollar book that's there to know Un- how they work. Unpopped out plastic that you're then gonna have to sand down to make smooth and put it together. Yeah. Well, I mean, usually when, when I was window shopping, I, I always loved the 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 pewter guys, like the the, the mm. already like sculpted things. Right now, you have to sand lead. <laughs> yeah, but they're mostly done. Right, like no, that was... they still had flashing on them. though. you have to sand that mm-hmm. down. Yeah, yeah, bonkers. I'll tell you what the game. The game was fun. The way that people took that game seriously was not fun. <laughs> I'll bet. Well, I, 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 played, I played a game with like me and Jimmy and Hooper and Chris, and it it was wildly fun. It just it wasn't. I don't know. I'm trying to think. It's like really expensive, very short gameplay video game. Like, like think of like a like an A one title video game that only has like an hour of gameplay. They're just like, oh. But if it's kick, if it's a kick ass hour and it's multiplayer, that's probably worth it. Yeah, yeah. But then, then there were other people involved, and like, all of a sudden you're hanging out with like Angus (laughs) (laughs) and the Klingons, and you're just like. "Hmm." I mean, it, it's it's the granddaddy of them all when it turns to comes term to geek stuff. Not necessarily Warhammer specifically, but like, but miniature wargaming was even the like sure. like it was Gygax's precursor to even D and D and whatever, right? Like, it was yeah. they used to do miniature wargaming, which was a thing before I think any of the classic like before video games, before RPGs, before CCGs, before like I think miniature wargaming was like the OG nerd thing mm-hmm. <laughs> that like that people did. Probably predating like computers, or at least computers as like a gaming kind of any kind of a computer sure. game. Like text based gaming was what, def- like late 70s, early 80s, probably? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure miniature wargaming has like, got to be like late 60s, early 70s, if not even earlier. Like, I'm sure yeah. it was earlier than that. I bet there were people in Europe doing like reenactments of Napoleonic battles and shit with little figs back mm-hmm. in the 1900s. 
Yeah, some yeah. some sort of a crazy rule set of like measuring like how far a rifle can shoot and whatnot. And... Well, I don't know if it would have been a, like an actual game out of it, but just like pushing the little pieces around, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, well, that that's that's just war strategizing. Sure. It's just that's sure. just the like we've seen all those. Just playing with toys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. They're like, this is the battle and this is the front. But then, like, as soon as I feel that as soon as someone did that in a real world, someone made a game of that. We like, should like, look this up. What was the very first tabletop war game? If it, like, can you even call that back to chess and say? Oh, yeah, some, for sure, you know? chess. Like, I think chess is the, the thing. But I'm saying, like, but that's it. Like the whole like different units, different powers, and like open terrain and whatever else. Because yeah, like I said, I remember that was that was the that was like the 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 OG basis of Dungeons and Dragons was like, okay, like we already kind of have little like rule sets for how these little mans can can kill each other. So let's just put a story behind it. <laughs> like, here's, yeah. here's, here's when I knew I was done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, once the, the Klingons were like, you can't use your dollar store toys because they're not actual Except games. It's Klingons, sir. Because I mean, I think to our listener, the Klingons <sighs> are just the, the opposition of the Federation. And I do not think that is the way you are using the term. Uh, I mean, so much as I know that is not the way you're using the term. We also except, haven't spoken to them in 15 years. Surely they they no longer count as Klingons. <laughs> but at the same time, oh, we've been know. doing this podcast for 11 years. So if, if they are their original listeners, oh no. So there's, there's there's like different factions of our nerd group that like rotate around. So like. There's there's a group of y'all that play D and D a lot. There were the group we used to go to the Mads with the the Gothlings that would just you know mm-hmm. wear all black and fishnet sleeves and sing karaoke. Uh-huh. And there was a group that was peripheral to that that all dressed up as Klingons and went to Star Trek conventions a lot. Mm-hmm. So they were and the Klingons. They, they were the Klingons. They were just but then they were also the, like the Klingons. <clears throat> it was hanging on to a friendship circle from afar. I think it was Angus and Johnny Z and a few others that were, were floating around that. like mm-hmm. Back in that orbit. Yeah. They, they worked at Sierra for a long time. I knew those guys mm-hmm. in, a, in like the non-ultra nerdy kind of zone. They were all right. Yeah. They, they, were, they were all right. But they, they didn't take had... wargaming very seriously, I'm sure. Yes, they did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is everyone's, the point of the story. everyone's super into their thing, and that's fine. Like, I'm super into comics. You guys will have known people who take D&D, like, very seriously. And they were kind of doing that with this this game, and I was like, I don't care enough. I also feel like, and and I'm, I hope, as, as we said, we haven't talked to them in years and years and years, yeah. but I feel yeah. that, like, especially, like, like, 10, 15 years ago, it was, like, a lot more commonplace to be, like, real gatekeepy about your, like, geeky, nerdy thing. And I think that, like, as a society, we've kind of gotten better. Yeah. No, that's not true at all, man. Marvel movies are completely about that and band T-shirts. Oh, I'm, not saying, I'm, not saying we've like, I'm not saying we've solved it, but I'm just saying. But like, it's it's like it's a lot more about like, oh yeah, like if like if you're into your thing, like share your thing with me and I'll, like whatever. How, how else. could you possibly be gatekeepy about fucking Marvel movies? They're like the most popular action movies over and over and over again. I mean, what is there to gatekeep? I, it's a thing. People go up to girls wearing Captain America t-shirts being like, oh, what do you know about Captain America? Name three people that played Captain America that wore the, the uniform. It's like weird and gross. And I mean, yeah, exactly. But those people suck. And I think that anyone who, like, and, and that's what I'm saying. I feel like, at least to me, I feel that those people are like holdouts of that era of being like, stay away from my thing. As opposed to, I feel that a lot more people are kind of like, oh, like, like tell me, like, I find, I feel it a lot today like nowadays with like wrestling where people are just like oh wrestling's not for me but like why are you into it and it's not just sort of like you wrestling gross and i'm like here's the thing and i also a bunch more people have gotten into wrestling around me because they're like oh once we get the rules we're either into it or we're not into it or we could be like we can be like casually into it because you guys are not making me feel stupid about not knowing everything that's going on like I, I personally think that, that that's a lot more of, at least in my immediate orbit. On the internet is obviously everybody's worst tendencies amplified to a million. That's what I'm saying, yeah. like an actual, I'm but, talking but about also, face-to-face interaction here, not internet don't, interactions. Don't don't forget, we're in, our, we're in our 40s. Like, we are interacting with people around our age groups. We're not dealing with a bunch of college kids who are 
super defensive and not fully socially formed and define themselves by their outsiderness and mm-hmm. you know that was me <laughs> i mean yeah that was that was all of us like i also thought that we, you were gonna say that like oh we're in our 40s so we just don't care what people think anymore like, also a... also a lot of that <laughs> i did i tell you about the, the... I, I go shopping now and i see like insane sweatpants on sale and i'm mm-hmm. like those are coming home with me <laughs> Comfortable sweatpants. I'm, I'm, I, did, did i see a green set of tie-dyed you know matching sweatpants and, and hoodie yes did I tell you about the? I wear the, that to rooftop parties at your place. Yes, for sure. Did I tell you about the sanitary uh, napkin situation at my place of work? Do you want this to? wild segue? Sure. Well, no, no, no. Because it was how can you care about like what people think so much? So anyway, so where I work, they were like, "Oh, we're going to be adding uh, like sanitary napkins and tampons uh, to the to the to the washrooms." Right, they're like, you know, just it's a good thing. They're going to be free of charge. It's it's great. It's fun. Whatever else like that. And in the like. Uh, spirit of inclusivity uh, they're also going to be in, in both the men's and the women's washroom right like it's we're, we're 2023 and all that stuff so I was like okay fine it's cool uh, and there's personally something that I use quite a bit in the men's washroom is the, the the tiny sanitary napkin disposal garbage that's now in the stalls I'm like I have things to put in there <laughs> and you go garbage in my pocket while I'm pooping sure. receipts receipts can go in there but anyway mm-hmm. Uh, there was, like, just two dudes who were, like, <laughs> having their coffee, just complaining, like, can you believe this? Like, what's the point? And blah, blah, blah. And I was, like, in my head, I was, like, oh, I don't want to engage. But in my head, I was just, like, how can you possibly care? Like, even if you're, like, hey, that's weird. How are you, like, how do you care? Like, you care so much that there are tampons available in the men's washroom that you're, like, let's bitch about this well, loudly. Like, did you say that they were having their coffee in the men's room? No, no, they were having their coffee in the break room, but they were okay, bitching okay, about okay, the yeah, fact that there's tampons in the men's You started this now. off with you in the men's room throwing garbage out. I imagined you throwing it out, listening to guys sipping their coffee mm. the or complaining <laughs> about the tampons. I'm complaining about the coffee machine in the washroom. That's yeah. <laughs> crazy. But I was just like, I was like, how can you, how can this, like, like even if it does bother you, I'm like, how can it bother you so much that you're like, like, actively bitching about it i was just like it blew my mind i was like part of me was just being like i know man even having to remotely think about women having periods is gross and icky and i don't like it (laughs) any reminder grosses me out and it's weird uh instead i just turned up my podcast and walked away because i was like this is not a conversation i want to have but yeah i mean on both sides of it one i can't imagine being so mad about a thing that is completely innocuous and two I was like, I can't imagine myself at age 40 being, like, fired up enough to, like, respond to these people. So I just walked away. It was on both elements of, like, yeah, I'm 40 now. Just, mm-hmm. Who cares? In all directions. I mean, we just just for gatekeeping and stuff, I I will watch terrible... You know this. We've, you mocked me for it for years. I will watch terrible comic book stuff just because I'm so excited to have all of this comic book stuff out there. It was not there in the 80s. You know, I had... Whoa. Spider-Man 67 and the Captain America Rubber Ears movie. Like, there was no good Spider-Man when I was 10 years old, and I'm fucking spoiled now because there's, like, a million Spider-Mans. To be don't, fair, don't worry, though. They're, they're getting <laughs> shitty again. That, that spoiling, I think, started in the 90s, right? We got Blade and The Matrix and Spawn and... And the original Spider-Man. Like the like the Joe, original yeah the Tobey Maguire oh, yeah. Spider Man was real good. They like, realized yeah. no. the geeks have money pretty pretty early on in our past. Bat, Bat, Batman eighty nine like that was yeah. that was it. And oh, yeah. I was yeah. eleven. I was eleven in eighty nine. So like, well, Batman eighty nine I would say started it and then kind of fumbled fumbled the past pretty hard with the sequels. I really think that it was like a lot more like no no late. Batman eighty nine led to uh, Batman the animated series in ninety two, and that, yeah. that was. That was a home run. That was like, I remember, because sure. because it was on Fox and we didn't we didn't get it in much. But it was, still, it was still a kids show, right? Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't necessarily like the adults and marketing. Like it was still marketing to kids and saying these kids will get their parents to buy them the toys. I was thirteen years old. I was <laughs> yeah. the kid, and I yeah, was. No, I'm not. I'm not arguing that. I'm just. I'm, I got I'm just. Yeah. I got sent to stay with my uncle for a week in Ottawa, while, like. And you were like, "Hey, uncle." I, I'll be a problem like, if you don't get me this Batman toy. 
No, not I wasn't I wasn't super into toys at, at that age. I was like thirteen. But mm. I was like, I'm okay with this. <laughs> not like so now, I get, at forty five. Well, I've got disposable income. Uh, <laughs> no, it was like I'm okay with this, but I would like to have the television at three thirty every day, please, because I, I want to watch five episodes of Batman the animated series while I'm here. Nice. I remember doing that when I was uh, when I was younger, down visiting my grandparents' place in Florida. That exact same thing, but with Batman Beyond, and it was great because it was like one of those strings of like sequential episodes or whatever, yep. like the week or two that we were down there. And I was like, yeah, and it was like there was a little there was a little TV that they had out in the solarium where I a watched that TV and slept out there and kind of secluded myself from the whole house in a normal teenage way. I'd be yep. like, yep, I just I just watch this little TV, watch my cartoons. Read my comic books. Don't so interact with my family. You know how it goes. The the fact that there's like eight seasons of Arrow out there, that's cool to me. Sure, I got maybe thirty good episodes out of it, but <laughs> I'll take that. I'm okay 30 with thirty of one hundred and seventy or seventy or something. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, but for sure, I do. I do think it was really that like, like Matrix Blade. Uh, what was the other one? X Men, X Men, the X Men movies, Spider Man yeah. movies, where it was like, oh, yeah, yeah the, see, late, this... the late nineties, the late nineties. Yeah. But I was like eighteen, nineteen, twenty at that point. So yeah, and then we're going after cool, movie money. Right? Yeah, it was cool. It was great, and I'm still excited and happy for that. And mm-hmm. and I'm excited and happy even more so now that I know that not all of those movies need to be for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Like Captain Marvel wasn't for me. The Marvels is out there. People are saying it's great. That's cool. It's not no, for me. I'll, I'll watch it eventually. I, yeah. I have, I have, when when it when it gets free on Disney Plus or whatever, like yeah, I'll 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 pop it on. I, I tried out the Miss Marvel show. I was like, oh, this this isn't for me. I'm glad it's here. I don't care that it's for someone else. Yeah, it's fine. Although we, did, I don't know, did we did we talk about this on the show? Like the last show being a month ago, I have no concept of time about the 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 pushing of all the marvel uh movies they're bumping them all back so there so there are going to be no not no there is going to be uh, there's scott probably knows the answer but there's going to be one mcu release in 2024 and that's it mm-hmm. and it's it's so we were talking about like what's what's wrong with the marvel universe who knows but i mean like let's let's be honest the there i think we talked about this on the last episode like with the 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 marbles coming out like it does not it shouldn't hurt this much but i'm sure it does not help that it's a film with like three female leads two of whom are people of color right like that is that is a thing it is not going to have universal mass appeal the same way captain america does it's just that is a i think a reality of like international international marketing machine so anyway so what is the marvel movie that would be basically immune from any sort of like woke backlash at all that they would be like no need to push this one it's going to be a slam dunk another avengers i don't know deadpool 3 correct deadpool 3 is the only one that is not pushed and it is basically like unfuckwithable in terms of mass appeal like as messed up as that even if you're like if you're woke if you're anti-woke you're like yeah deadpool says what he thinks (laughs) ha whatever like it, it is every single bro in the world loves Deadpool and and you know and it's funny enough to have that big mass appeal look all over it Hugh Jackman's coming back as Wolverine and they're like that's fine that's the only MCU movie that's coming out in 2024 everything else didn't necessarily get cut but they were like take your time redo it put polish on it make sure it's not rushed make sure everything is fine like because they they openly admitted that they've been kind of like they they rushed they rushed Captain Marvel they rushed mm-hmm. Ant-Man, they rushed, like, like all of these different things got, like, shuffled around and rushed and moved around. And... Oh, here's here's the, the problem with the Marvels, for, for me. Like, mm-hmm. why I think it isn't doing great. It's starring three, three characters that are all Marvels, right? Captain mm-hmm. Marvel, Photon, Captain Marvel, and Miss Marvel. A.K.A. Spectrum, bro. Spectrum, Photon, like, she, she's, that character's gone through a bunch of... Yeah, yeah, I think they, I think they lock in her name to be Spectrum because she's just Maria Rambo in in the MCU up until this movie where I think they lock her in as as Spectrum. Yeah, uh, Keith, you're, you're you're pretty pop culture savvy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain Marvel's played by Brie Larson. What are the actresses' name that played the other two? Iman Vellani mm-hmm. and Maria Rambo. 
Yeah, there we go. I'm just saying I knew Miss Marvel. Yeah. I'm just saying you you made a, a big, big expensive movie with with actresses that the man on the street couldn't name. Sure. But at the and at the same time they And it's the twenty seventh movie in a in a twenty seventh yeah, But I but I kinda get the, the the gamble, right? Because like Chris Hemsworth was kind of a nobody when they made a whole Thor movie about him. Like mm-hmm. Christopher Evans was kind of a nobody when they made a whole movie about him. No, like, no. Pe- people knew Chris Evans. Knew him ish. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, I don't think they were shoot, they were like superstars. The only like real superstar of the original X Men, or like, was obviously Iron Man was the tentpole, and then when they added ScarJo yeah. as uh, uh, as Black Widow. But like, people, like Jeremy Renner was kind of not a nobody, but like certainly not an A lister. Like those movies made those people A listers outside of like ScarJo and uh, Downey, like Chris Pratt, Bradley Cooper. I don't know. Like when when they were doing the character, that wasn't enough to be itself. When they were like, oh, okay, but it's, it's, people... it's, Bra- it's Bradley Cooper without his face. It's Chris Pratt's maybe his first role outside of Parks and Rec. Did, didn't didn't matter. Well, like, I'm just saying people the... knew who they were. People knew who they were. Sure, when, when people were... know who Maria Rambo is. Like, right? She's been no, in no, multiple no. movies. She's been in multiple TV shows. Like the character and that actress is around. It's... Like. When you're doing a, a movie that's not Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, you needed the stars to to back it up. And but that has the galaxy. There's been a bunch of those that is that has totally flopped. Right? They put like a big name into something like um, what was the vampire one, Morbius, right? Yeah, been that, a bunch those, of, are, those are Sony ones, though. Those no, are that's, bad. That's but I was going to say Ed, Ed Norton and Hulk. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that was a bit of a whoopsie. Only because it was Ed Norton, not because he was a star. Just he was like, I want, I want booking on my movies. Oh, he's, he's like, I'm writing a different movie from the one that we're filming. Like, yes. <laughs> which, which is exactly what happened. I know. Like I, I've come in, I've come in with a few pages for this movie. They're like, we already have a script, Mr. Norton. I'm, I'm playing Hulk this way. He's <laughs> like, God damn it, Ed. <laughs> like, did not understand the assignment whatsoever. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not saying it should be. He was mad like, he didn't get a writing credit. But there is like abs- absolutely whatever freaking phase they're in is like marred with the hubris that they can do no wrong. You know, like that is absolutely yeah. painfully evident on almost every film that's come out in this thing. Is like, and, and I I love continuity, but they kind of forgot that the first Iron Man movie came out like 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a long time well, to have and, new fans come in people who saw that Iron Man movie did not survive to watch this movie there were thousands and thousands of people who were like I'm really into the new MCU who have died <laughs> since then yeah but I, and I think that that's, that's another thing too is that when people are just sort of like oh they, they sell it as like an expanded continuity thing but the, like I was reading an article about how little all of the last all of the phase five movies had anything to do with each other where you're like oh you got to see all the mcu and they were like you really don't like at least not in this not in this current iteration where they're like shang chi has nothing to do with anything eternals has nothing to do with anything to the point that no movies even like play lip service to it like uh marvels apparently has nothing to do with anything love and thunder basically takes place in a void uh multiverse of madness doesn't like i guess that's the one that has the most to do with stuff, yeah. but it still kind of like wraps it up in a pretty tight bow at the end. Like it, it sort of like it's wraps up. Just, the... Yeah, it's tying up WandaVision. Yeah, exactly. It's tying up one television show. Like the entirety of the Loki TV series, they can touch on it, but still operates in a vacuum. You don't really like it refers to things, but doesn't. You don't need to yeah. know. The, the so Kang the, in the the Kang in the Loki TV series isn't the Kang in Quantum Mania. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's, so that's Buckwild. <laughs> That is hard to explain to someone who didn't quite get it. Yeah, but, but that's what they're saying is they're like when the, when it's pitching it as a weird interconnected universe, you're like these things don't actually have anything to do with each other right now. So it's like, and I think some people are like, Ugh, I don't feel like watching all the Marvel movies, and I'm like turns out you don't have to, you know, like it's just like just, it's... just think about what worked in Phase One, Loki bad guy, Loki bad guy, good guys fight bad guy, 
and yeah. and they're just like now we've got the new bad guy it's kang he lives in a multiverse there's millions of kangs one of them is in this movie but he's dead one of them's in this tv show but he's he's also dead but there's another one that's good maybe but he doesn't want to be good and then the ant-man one has been trapped in the quantum verse what's the quantum verse well let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> and, and, it, and like I said, and it doesn't even actually if I, interconnect. Even if I wanted to be gatekeeping, I just made myself cringe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Hold on, hold on. 15 minutes of this, okay? Is all of this still head and shoulders better than the DCEU? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that. <laughs> like, not even, not even, not even close. Yeah, like, like the absolute worst Marvel movie is genuinely The Eternals. And it is would it easily be like the second or third best DC movie. <laughs> like... Oh man! Imagine how bad the Eternals would be if it was directed by Zack Snyder. Oh, <laughs> oh so, so weird, so gritty, <laughs> so shiny. How could it be gritty and shiny at the same time? Bob Dylan, you know, it's, it's, the, it's, the music. It's, it's, exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, let's take a break. What did Scott pick up at the arrow? What? What is this nonsense that you're holding, Scott? I don't know. It's the adaptation of Arrow Season 1. Wow. Was that the good season? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. The first with... one was the good one? The first couple were okay. It's going to go well with the Supergirl adaptation. Oh, my God. That's definitely dollar store purchases. <laughs> yep. Sir. Hey, uh, oh my God. The, I, I, the cover prices on this are twenty three dollars for Supergirl, and the Arrow oh. one is nineteen ninety nine. You will notice he said he bought them at the dollar store, so maximum three, maybe four. Three and four. They want Seven you to bucks twenty dollars for, for a funny book. Well, it's, but it's a it's like a trade. It's going to be like six issues. Okay. Okay. No. No. All right. Uh. In my notes of things to talk about, not not because I have uh, ton tons of things to say about it, but in happier news, Henry Kissinger died. Yeah, but is that right? Did you did you read the Rolling Stone article about him? Holy no. shit, was it fucking good! It's it's rare you read media like news media these days where people are pointed. I'm actually going to bring it up. I hate it when you bring things up, and I'm going to bring it up here because the quotes at the top of it are so fucking good. The opening line is "Good riddance." Hold on, I'm going to get it. Yeah. Um, so the uh, as you get ready, like get it ready. Nobel, I was watching Nobel Peace Prize laureates winning. Okay, Henry Kissinger, war criminal beloved by America's ruling class, finally dies. Good riddance. The infamy of Nixon's foreign policy architect sits eternally beside that of history's worst mass murderers. A deeper shame attaches to the country that celebrates him. I nice urge you, if you don't know who Henry Kissinger was, you should go and read the Rolling Stone uh, article whose title I just said. It's fucking great. It goes into the historical context. It goes into how you can directly tie the deaths of literally millions of people to him. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, it's like you have Hitler on one side over there. He definitely was personally responsible for the deaths of millions of people, ethnically motivated Fucking Kissinger came out of that, went down that road, and was also directly responsible. He killed millions of people just to make sure that Nixon would have a better chance at the White House. Like it's yep. fucking crazy. And and maintain that pull across like multiple administrations, like just oh, oh yeah. Like, and to like a year ago, Clinton would would sit down and be like, oh yeah, I was talking with Henry Kissinger. You know, like give, getting the weight of his presence behind yeah. our policy decisions. Obama did yeah. the same thing. Fucking all of them, all of them. I mean, uh, it just. If you're going to be like, I want the guy who's the best at war and killing, maybe that's why you sit down and talk to the guy who's the best at war and killing. I don't know if it's the best at war and killing. It's the best at, at like, painting and dressing up, putting lipstick on war and killing so that yeah. it can be it can be justified by the wealthy elite. Yeah, I know the New York Yankees tweeted, like, rest his sweet and beautiful soul or something, like, ridiculous like that. And everyone was like, oh, what? <laughs> like, uh, it, it's... Wild, like the uh, how did John John Oliver put it or whatever? He was just sort of like, oh yeah, like he was like Henry Kissinger, like like died or whatever else like that. A controversial figure in America, and if you're from like Cambodia, Korea, Vietnam, it just like lists all the things. He's like that, a mass murderer, 
period. point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's yeah. just, like, controversial in America, a mass murderer to the rest of the world. Just, like, freaking wild. Yep. And, and, yeah, in the proof, I guess, that there is no justice, he was 90? Like, with yeah. absolutely no repercussions for anything, right? Like, yep. a zero. Gross. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the story. No, no, you know, he was a hundred. He actually made it to a goddamn century. He was a hundred years old, and the moral of the story was: if you're just rich enough and powerful enough, you just can be a absolute monster, and everyone will just sort of act like they respect you. It, it's freaking like like I said, I don't I read the Rolling Stone article, but like when he died, I read, read a similar article of just like here is all the stuff that he complete like complete architect behind. Here's how he like pulled it off. Here's how it was just like checks and balances of human lives like he was an accountant balancing a spreadsheet. Like, just yeah. complete, complete monster. And just somehow, like, considered uh, to be, like, a great a great political mind or whatever the hell. Like, Here's a tiny quote from the article. I, just, I have it in front of me. I can't, I can't not have been scanning through it as you were talking there. Every single person... Who, okay, so quote Rolling Stone here. Every single person who died in Vietnam between the autumn of 1968 and the fall of Saigon... And all who died in Laos and Cambodia, where Nixon and Kissinger secretly expanded the war within months of taking office, as well as all who died in the aftermath, like the Cambodian genocide, their destabilization set into motion, died because of Henry Kissinger. We will never know what might have been. It, it's just, it's, I, I can't, I can't just go into the article. It's wonderful. wonderful. So if you just Google Henry Kissinger wait. Rolling Stone, you'll probably, like, it'll probably yeah, for be sure, for sure, for first, sure. first hit. They, they got ripped apart for posting this, right? Because many, many, many media things are still playing the line of, of you know, I don't know how you, how you, you don't, you don't call this kind of thing out and call yourself a news organization. Like, it's just, when it's crazy to me. When you're owned by News Corp or the Koch brothers? I don't understand. <laughs> or or Democracy Dars in Darkness, the Washington Post? Like, how, how are you not not supposed to be calling this out? Well, I say that I without having read the WAPO uh, summer. They had, a, they had a chance to call it out, you know, for the last 60 years. 50 years? Seventy years? Seventy years? Is it seventy? Like, do you remember Monty Python, OG Monty Python, doing the Henry Kissinger song? Like, yeah, that that was on the um, uh, the musical album, which I think was like in the seventies. That's fifty years ago. Yeah, yeah, I guess that is. And then throw on some sixty stuff in there because he's he's hanging around the Republican Party post Kennedy. So you're like sixty years. Well, he was National Security Advisor as of 69. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he was on the chair of the 9-11 Commission in the 2000s. Jesus. I'm trying to figure out, like, when he really, like, took, first took any kind of, like... I think it was with the... Nixon. That the, the whole thing of expanding the Vietnam oh. War was to get him into the position of National Security Advisor. So I guess it, it, it all starts when he's 20 years old in 1943 because he did a three-year uh, military service in 1943. So that's probably his... His foot in the door of everything that like comes. I, I feel a little like we should not be talking about this because I don't know that I have the historical chops to do this this whole story justice. And I think it's something that should be. Uh, it's you, like there are some subjects that you don't mess around with, right? I'm not going to go in. And, yeah, 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 I don't like, want to fun talking about the Holocaust without having done a whole shitload of research before. No, for sure, but that but that was his. I mean, and, and sure enough, like he also was like just as a, as a start, he came to the United States in 1938 as a Jewish refugee fleeing yeah. Nazi persecution, and then entered in through into like the war thing. But that was like. The military service is what, like, led into... Uh, he later became a press professor of government at the university and earned international reputation as an expert on nuclear weapons and foreign policy. So it was, like, military service into, like, milit- professor of whatever they called it. Like, well, let's just, just take some, some easy ones. Like, John mentioned Cambodia and Laos. Uh, those were two countries the United States were not at war with. And <laughs> they engaged in massive military operations and killed tons of both military and civilian troops without declaring war on them. And then you flash forward to Keith mentioning he was on the 9-11 committee where the United States attacked and invaded Iraq, a country that had nothing to do with 9-11. Yeah, so involvement in the bombing of Cambodia, the 1973 Chilean coup d'etat, support for Argentina's military junta in the dirty war, uh, support for Indonesia and its invasion of East Timor, support for Pakistan during the Bangladesh Liberation War, and the Bangladesh Genocide. 
So just... Yeah. I mean, like I said, obviously we're not going to get into super details. We're not a socio-political pol- pol- like, podcast, but that's 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 not deep diving. That's reading your Wikipedia entry. And you're like, that's a lot of weird atrocities to have one guy, like... To have one guy's signature, like... On the line of everything that's going on there, that's crazy. He was he was probably the the most efficient American at figuring out how to best trade human lives for political power. Like, he did the math. He did the math. Yeah. Lived to be over a century years old. Mm-hmm. He was born in May of nineteen twenty three. Which I guess is also sort of like the. Like it's like it's like the most violent, like or the, the biggest death toll of like any century in human history, and he's like partially responsible for a good chunk of it. That's bananas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, anyway. and for him, it just made a lot of his friends a lot of money. I mean, it made him a lot of money too. I'm sure. Yeah. He got rolled by Theranos. You could, you could give him a little chuckle uh, about that. Yeah, apparently he invested massively in Theranos and got and lost a pile of money. You guys know what Theranos was? This lady Elizabeth Holmes had a business that she Rings said she could she could um, she could do blood testing really efficiently with like a Ooh. with an app and a little beep, beeper or whatever. And the whole thing was fictitious. She took a shitload of money out of people and uh, basically made up the results for for years and years. And um, yeah, anyway, got caught, and I think she's in prison right now. It, 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 very, very big CEO downfall, and tons of people lost money. And apparently, he was on that on that list. Cool. If you want, if you want something to just to, to tie all this together, when we talk about like the, the the respect that some people put on his name, and and that they're not the greatest people in the world, Boris Johnson quote about his death. <laughs> was that the world needs him now. If ever there was an author of peace and lover of Concord, that man was Henry Kissinger. Thanks, Boris. War is peace. Obedience right. is freedom. That, yeah, that is, that, is a, that is a way the hell up there, like, 1984 quote of, like... Like, that is a, that is a 2023 quote from Boris Johnson in the last, like, two weeks. What? Oh, uh, that's upsetting. Yeah. Uh, you want to turn the page and, and talk about something something more fun? I saw a horror movie. This, this hey, weekend. what did you see? Yeah, totally killer. Totally killer. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's uh, starring Kiernan Shipka, who you might know as Sabrina, the teenage witch. Oh yeah, I uh, I, I put a uh, the a star on that. I was like, oh, come back to this. Yeah, there's a, a serial killer. Uh, in 1987 that kills three people and then for reasons completely unknown in 2023 comes back for one more kill and kills Karen and Shipka's mother and then comes after her until she jumps into her best friend's time machine at, and ends up back in 1987. It's the time and she gets upside down big cardboard box like Calvin and Hobbes. Close. It's a. Uh, <laughs> it's an. It's an old timey photo booth. Of course. <laughs> and it runs on Wi Fi, and there's no Wi Fi in 1987, so she gets stuck there. So it's a one way trip. She goes to try to save her mother and solve the serial killers, but it turns out that they're basically all, including her mother, Heather's, mm. and they're just the yes. worst. They're just the worst, and she's like, uh. And Kiernashipka hilariously plays a very woke 2023 16-year-old girl who's <laughs> constantly correcting the horrible uh, sexism, racism, homophobia, smoking habits of everyone in 1987. Amazing. It, it worked in a very funny way. It was better than I thought it would be. Probably somewhere below Happy Death Day. Okay. But but similar in tone, where you're just like, like similar, <laughs> similarly self-aware and whatever, like or just like I'm a stupid horror movie. Yeah. And oh my god! So that made me. You just thought of like horror movies that the two things popped to mind. One, I was watching an SNL sketch of like what if like if like Hallmark tried to do for like horror what they did for Christmas, and he's just sort of like. <laughs> and but I was like I was watching it. They're just sort of like they're like I don't know. Do you think he'll choose me next? And like maybe like drinking their tea and stuff like that. Like the killers like stalking through the town. And I was like, 
I know this is a dumb SNL sketch, but I would like watch the hell out of this movie. <laughs> like, why is like, SNL like so good Hallmarks? Why is SNL so good at horror movie pitches? Because their Wes Anderson pitch is amazing. Also yeah. great, yeah. I mean, and similarly with their uh, the post-apocalyptic Mario Kart was also a great pitch. It's <laughs> <That was> amazing. <laughs> like, like, why are they really good at pitching movies? But yeah, but I mean, it would be so low budget. Like, you could make a Hallmark horror movie for like a million dollars. Like, it's a bunch of no-name actors. Like, yep. it just has to be like schlocky, and just as long as you invest in like buckets of blood and like douse people in it for like yeah. enough of like a whoa, like like shocking gore factor. You don't need to go like crazy intestines or whatever. No. Douse mm-hmm. people in blood and then otherwise it's like a small sleepy town in Vermont just being like get an, with everybody get an, just get an iconic mask for their character. Yeah. A real, really deliberate framing. Pastels. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's the black sheep mask killer. Great. Cool. Something, yeah. something weird and unique. Yeah, and then just, just otherwise just stick to all the Hallmark tropes and it just happens to be like a horror movie. Everything's in soft focus. Like, <laughs> uh, and the other one was, I was reading uh, a thing that I had not thought about and as soon as they said it, I was like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. The fact that Scream gives away that there's two killers in the opening scene. Explain how. The first one? In the first Scream, yeah. gives away that there's two killers in the opening scene. Is there like a reflection when... in something? Nope, it's when uh, Ghostface is on the phone with uh, Drew Barrymore. with Drew Barrymore. He says he's at either the front or the back door, and if she chooses correct, she gets to leave. And obviously, there is no right choice because there would be a killer on each door, mm. right? There would be. Could he, said, he could well exactly well and but and why would he let her go? Well, like he's, that, that's, maybe that's, that's part not of the, the gimmick pl- that she has a way out. Sure, but that's that's not the plan. I mean, I don't think that. Okay, that might have been how it played out, but I don't think that was given away. That was not clear from. It's not not given away, but it is it is at least it is it is a line of dialogue that is that is there being like if you choose right, you get to be gone, and like at no other point does the killer leave kind of anything like that to chance, right? Mm-hmm. But if there's two killers, you're like, oh, there is not. It's not left to chance. She's dead either way. I don't know. That's a so it, it is. I don't think it's a full giveaway. You're right, but it is. Yeah. They're like it is. Like it is pointedly says like if you choose right, but the, then obviously we find out at the end that there's two killers. Yeah. I think it's not. It's certainly not a. Oh, like like blink and you'll miss it. Like there's no way to know from that line of dialogue. But in retrospect, you're like, oh, that that would make sense if there's two of them. Yeah. Because why would the killer let her go? And the answer there's, is he wouldn't. There's a great the answer, screen. There's a great screen reference in Totally Killer. Just, okay. just, a, just a complete throwaway line. She, she mentions, "Oh, this, this happens just like it did in Scream." And they all kind of stop and look at her. And one of her friends knows that she's a time traveler, and she's like, "Don't worry about it. It's this movie that comes out in a few years. It tries to convince you that it's about starring Drew Barrymore, but it isn't." <laughs> <laughs> Moves on. It's like, <laughs> that, what a great, that, what a great summary. <laughs> it's true, and and I think that I, it it's not since. Not since Scream, I think, was there like a misdirection of that size until uh, mid, not Midsummer, the other one, bup, 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 the guy who did Midsummer, Hereditary, mm-hmm. was like a, a misdirection of marketing the size of Drew Barrymore in Scream. Was that you're like, oh, that movie's gonna be about that girl until middle of the film, Kabajow! and you're just like, oh, what there is this movie about at all? Bigger misdirection than that. Come on. Hmm? I mean, I don't even like. I don't. I don't remember how much the girl featured in the in the advertising. Ad. All of it. Constantly. Her click clicking her teeth. Every single solitary thing. Drew. All the posters were her. Absolutely yeah. everything in hereditary marketing centers around her. She was doing all the interviews like without the rest of the cast and stuff wow. like that. They they did her like media junkets and stuff with her and whatever else like that. It was they leaned in hard that the movie is about her and the weirdness of the hereditary thing is this weird little clicking teeth girl, <laughs> and then they blast her head off in a car, like somewhere somewhere in Act Two. Another yeah. twist like that. I'm trying to think. What's a yeah, like a like a big marketing twist where you're like, this movie is mm-hmm. not about this character. I've seen like, the opposite. Like Gemini Man plays the movie where they're just like, and it turns out. They're both Will Smith. I'm like, yeah, no, we, I know. It's in the poster. I, I saw the commercial. <laughs> like, movie, what, what What? the fuck are you trying to sell me on here? That, that's uh, your big reveal? I will, hang on, to, to a, a more recent one is uh, Scott Pilgrim's show on Netflix. I was going to say, is that any good? 
A, a yes. B, are really? you, have either of you started watching it? No. no. Do you, are you spoiled or spoiler-free? I'm completely spoiler-free. Please don't ruin it for me. Okay, so it's a twist. It is not what you expect. <laughs> and, and, and the twist is the first episode. So, like, the first episode is, like, 30 minutes long. Watch, watch the first episode, and uh, to, say, to say spoiler-free, we'll, we'll circle back. It's, it's, I think, eight episodes long. They're all half-hour episodes. There's no reason why Is it good? Is it worth the, uh, worth the good? Ab- absolutely. And, yeah. and for reasons that I can't get into because of spoilers. Mm. So, uh, but, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, just, just the fact that those two, two misdirections led me to think of Scott Pilgrim as maybe a tiny spoiler. But yeah, are there any other like big ones? Like big hmm. I'm trying to think it. Like certainly like like Scream is the classic, right? It was the same deal where it was like she's in all the posters, the trailers, like her, whatever yeah, yeah. talk. Like well it was done. she yeah. she was gonna be the she was very much sold as the final girl of the movie mm-hmm. and then like die straight up. The it's I mean Scream four has to pop to mind with the magnificent seven seven fake out opening. Nonstop fake out. Nonstop fake outs just over and over. Yeah. But I don't know. Hered- if that's... Hereditary is definitely a big one. Yeah. And again, I'm trying to think of what are like other other I don't know. Scott Pilgrim almost would be if if they didn't Scott Pilgrim the comic kind There's of no was. advertising. <laughs> yeah, but like but Scott Pilgrim the comic when it turns into an action comic, like in the like two thirds of the way through the first comic, you're just reading like a fun little oh, slice of life manga, going. and they're like, "Don't they know that Scott's the strongest fighter in the province?" And you're like, "What?" And it's like, "Ciao!" And it just becomes kung fu comic book. Like, I'd have to, uh, I have to think about it. That's a good one. Yeah, what I, are some I, of the... I guess I'm not that plugged into advertising. I feel like I, I, I would miss it. Yeah, because it's not exactly. It's, it's a different thing of like, oh, a big movie twist. It's like a, a big movie twist where the advertising. Went was dead set against it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. We'll have to do some research. We'll get. Mm-hmm. We've got to get back to this. <laughs> this is movies where the advertising was the misdirection. I mean, like Zack Snyder's Justice League, because <laughs> the ads were just like, "Hey, it's good now." <laughs> <laughs> misdirection. Twist. <laughs> I feel. I feel like there's definitely been some like action movies and stuff like that where. Oh, I mean, Barbarian certainly was. Really? Have either of you guys seen Barbarian? Yeah. No. You told me to. What do you mean? Stay spoiler twist? free, though. Mm. Well, so the you saw the like Barbarian. So the 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 all of the trailer, all of the posters, all of the ads is only about the first act in the house. Yeah. Okay. Like so, like the the Justin Long character, uh, not no, like Justin Long is not in any of the ad. Like Justin's Long is not even in any of the advertising and whatever else. It's just sure. like that's the two the two like the posters, like the two initial characters in the house, and that's it. And like it's just sort of like the creepiness of the house. So like all of the advertising is only in the of the first act, hmm. and that that movie goes places very different than very different from what that movie looks like. So yeah, like they basically cut it like a weird little home and like a creepy little home invasion, home and, like what happens with, when you go to the, the guy from the opening section yeah 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 that's it so interesting that's, that's the cell so the i really think that you're the barbarian in that movie i really think that's the point of the movie is that you the viewer are the barbarian possibly like if you think about how often they twist with your expectations about who how badness or like who's the villain in it just even in the opening conversation between the girl and the guy they yeah. twist back and forth with like who you're supposed to be trusting i really think there's like enough little glances and nods at the camera that it's it's a meta thing i, I think so I, I think there's like very few movies that handle that so well like where mm-hmm. you're like i never know who the bad guy is and i don't even like even towards the end you're kind of like oh man i'm not really not really rooting for anyone and really yeah <laughs> Betty Alvarez is um don't breathe maybe a little bit of that back and forth. Yeah. It settles at the end, obviously, but, you know. Yeah, but then they kind of walk it back and don't breathe, too, where they're like, it turns out he was a good guy all along really? anyway. And you're like, yeah, and you're like, no, I don't think so. I don't think uh, you get to... I don't know about that one. I don't think you get to walk back <laughs> walking up a woman and impregnating her in your basement. The, the rape dungeon. I don't know he about was that a one. hero. Mm, Wait, nope, what's this? Don't, you don't get out of no. the rape dungeon. No, it doesn't go against the marketing. I just thought of a movie with a good... Like, yeah, exactly. I'm saying that there's, there's good twists in films. The marketing. Yeah. yeah. Pitch Black. 
if you start watching that movie, it's like prison, bad cop, good anti-hero, spaceship being transferred, mm-hmm. and then it straight up turns into survival horror on the abandoned planet. You don't you don't see that coming in the first. I I would like to know. You could go Predator in that movie. Yeah. Well, no, but I think Predator Predator and the Monster and stuff like that was I think that was in the heavily featured. I. I think the first round, and I'd, I'd have to double check this, but I think the first round of ads for From Dusk Till Dawn just mm. painted it as like a buddy, like whatever. I do remember the vampires then showed up in maybe like week two or week three of advertising, but I think the initial, the initial like run of, of ads and commercials were just like, it's George Clooney and uh, Quentin Tarantino as like buddies getting into trouble in Mexico. And I think like they kept... <laughs> The I think they kept the vampires out of the original ad run. Huh. I'm, I'm, I'm Which is pretty jarring when you watch that. <laughs> it's, well, it's it, different it directors, right? Yeah, exactly. It, 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 it's jarring by design, but you are yeah. like you're watching a Quentin Tarantino movie until Robert Rodriguez is like, guys, vampires, <laughs> and then it's a different movie. <laughs> like it's kind of like slow burn, whatever. Like who's in on it, who's not in it. Turns out it's all vampires. There we go. Ah. There's anyway. a, there's an action movie in 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 my head that I can't pull out where the action star eats it in the first ten minutes, and I, I can't. MacGruber when his first team. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, uh, okay. Suicide Squad. Mm. That's one. Well, Suicide there, Squad, like the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. A lot of those characters were in the trailer. Yeah, exactly. They they, they showed like Nathan uh, Fillion and uh, Rooker and uh, Pete Davidson and Pete whatever. Davidson. <laughs> yeah, 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 those guys were in the trailer. Yeah, exactly. That was they, had po- they had posters of posters. them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had like they had, like sing- not just posters of like the cast, like single character posters. Like amazing. Like this is a main character of this film. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. I was like, wow, that's a pretty sprawling cast. And I was like, in my head, I was like, yo, they're all going to die. But I didn't necessarily think first first scene. <laughs> oh, man. Do you have anything else that we want to throw into this, uh, on this, our main episode? Episode 299, as we count down for the festivities of episode 300. We don't have anything planned for episode 300. <laughs> Trust the marketing. We're not going to pull a twist on you. Yep. <laughs> That'll be the twist. Should we? Should we have planned a twist? Or do, or do we plan that? There is no episode the 300. Time? The show's over. That's it, guys. We're going on. <laughs> no, let's plan it on garbage time. Yeah, we could, yeah, we'll talk about things we could maybe talk about on episode 300 on garbage time. And if you get behind the paywall, you'll peek behind the curtain. Uh, but yeah, is there anything else we want to, want to talk, wrap up? I was watching. Oh, I mean, I was watching a show that's coming out and isn't even like all the way done. I guess I can reference so and talk about it next episode. Murder at the End of the World? I was. That's the one. Hey! Damn, it's good. It's, it's okay. Oh, I love the look of it. The look Sarah's, of Sarah's, Sarah's really into it. I'm so, so into it. It, it. it flip-flops back and forth between being like pretty riveting and pretty like contrived. <laughs> like, it, it's, What's Murder at the End of the World? I mean, we can circle back to it in two weeks when it's done, when Scott and I probably have watched the whole thing. But mm-hmm. it's basically a, like a a true crime author, like an author who kind of like unearthed and investigated a previous murder, gets invited to like a tech billionaire's like winter retreat because it's like they like he he invites like seven or eight like just of like the greatest thinkers to do like a weekend think tank from like all walks of life. So it's like there's some people who are like industry people and there's some people who are like performance artists, some people who are authors. So it's kind of like a Let's, you know, just like kind of... Jordan get... Peele and Banksy also get invited. And also yeah, like that, that, that Chinese kind of industrialist. And... It's like Glass Onion? Kind of, but like, but with purpose. Like it's, not just, it's not just like, oh, we're friends with this billionaire. Like, they don't know the billionaire. The billionaire is just like, these weekend retreats have sometimes like given my company ideas for the next 10 years kind of thing. Okay. Like, he's like, this is just a thing I do. It's like a, a brain, a brain trust thing of like putting all these people is just like pure innovation, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, then uh, someone dies up there, and then it kind of becomes a basically a locked win, a locked room 
mystery in the, the fact that they're like they're up there in Iceland and there's like a storm coming in and they can't leave and whatever else. So, and then like it looks weird. And it also flashes back to her solving her first mystery. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it flashes back to the the mystery that she solved that that she is like the author of, and like intertwining how she is involved with one of the characters and whatever else. It's it's mostly good, but then sometimes there's like some real heavy climate change dialogue, some real heavy like technology might actually be bad dialogue, like with like 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 with less subtlety than an episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> You know, like, right, right, right. like you know, like sometimes in Black Mirror is like really like on the on the nose about what what they're trying to say. Like some of this is like mm, okay. Right. So when it's good, it's good. But when I I find when it's when it's a little contrived and over the top, it's a little contrived and over the top. But Sarah's really digging it, and I guess Scott is too. Yeah, rest too. Yeah, I recommend it. Yeah, it's it's certainly watchable, and I I like the fact that it's like a pretty good mystery. Like I'm like trying to put together what's going on. I hope I, if it if it if it pays yeah. off its mystery, it it would be a it'll be a really good show. If it's if it's a dumb ending, it'll I'll be real be, bad. It'll be real bad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> like, wait for you guys to tell. Yeah, me. exactly. It's, yeah. Uh, I think there's like two episodes left or something. So I think by the time uh, next week rolls around, we'll be we'll be done with it. I'm all about the setting. I love that like middle of Iceland, middle of a frozen valley, very, very cold. You you will die if you stay out for too, too long. I'm way into that. Into that. That's 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 my jam. It's like oh, white man. out kind of. The the hazmat suit was great. <laughs> I'm I'm here for it. I just uh yeah it, so long as it doesn't shit the bed with the ending. They're not like it was a robot. Like hmm I'm just really hoping it's not the AI that's the killer. Oh man, that'd be stupid. That'd be real stupid. I can't take that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if the I don't think the, it will be, but you know, you never know. I mean, but exactly, it would just be such a stupid Skynet to be like the real virus was man. <laughs> just like you know, get the hell out of here. Yeah. Yep. I was programmed to further the business of the billionaire, and he's the flaw in the business model. Blah, some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. If that, if if that's the reveal, I will be like, get the hell out of here. No. Nope, you stop. You delete. you've wasted my time for seven <laughs> hours television show. Never again. I don't think it, it will be, but I hope again. not. I really hope not. But yeah, it, it, a lot of it, it, a lot of it hinges on sticking the landing here. Yeah. Like that's any mystery. mystery. Yeah, exactly. Like any mystery, but like. This this one is like is is very much paced like a like a Hercule Poirot like kind of like a, a classic like locked room like there's only so many suspects it's got to be someone in this spot like mm-hmm. let's figure it out and as you kind of like piece together how she put together the other mystery while she's kind of like trying to figure this one out like it's good it's like it's compelling she's a very cool protagonist I'm I'm here for that and presumably they've given it away already. Like, is there enough detail going on that? Well, that, that'll, the that'll, like, there's, there's a, a lot of details and you're kind of putting it together. And like, you certainly have clues, but like, I'm sure, I mean, like, like the, Scott, are you like mostly up to date? No, I'm, I'm a couple episodes behind. I'm, I'm just hoping that it's not like a clue that no one could have figured out. That's cracks the case. I hate that shit. Did she, did she get the phone call from Rohan yet? right at the end okay but like so like yeah. to me right away i thought about the first AI. episode where the guy not not the ai the guy who deep fakes the the other girl's voice with his little uh his thing mm-hmm. right so like I, i'm just saying like there is stuff like that where it's like she gets a phone call from a person and it doesn't quite place in time in episode one there was someone being like look i can make you say anything with this like ai voice thing yeah you know and she's like that sounds just like me and she's like oh, he's like of course it does there's like hours of you on the internet like i can it can you, we have tons of your speech patterns to analyze and make you say anything if we wanted like and then we could deep fake your face and make you say anything on television and no one would know so like because they like they set that up as like a throwaway line of dialogue and then she gets like a a kind of fishy phone call i'm like oh yeah like there is pieces like that where i was like it will not surprise me if that phone call it's coming from that, if not that character, but like that type of technology. Right, right. the right? Chekhov's gun is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, like I said, there there are clues being strewn about, and obviously, if it doesn't come together, and if it's just, be, yeah, be bad. The chef did it. What? 
<laughs> exactly. Who? Him? He was here the whole time. There's many moments. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, we'll we'll circle back on that. Hi. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 905.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.